Hey, bestie. What's up, girl? Hey, does anyone ever ask you, like, oh, I heard you do a podcast. What's that witty and gritty podcast all about? Yeah, okay, so I usually spit out this robotic sentence that's, we help hardworking Christian women get the growth they want by giving them the tools they need in order to have more joyful and fulfilling lives. So that's usually what I say, but I'm also monotone. Y'all know this. And so it's just like, so Farron, what does that mean? Yes. Well, my response is not as fancy, even (laughs) though I've heard you say that. Lots of times I should know by now. But essentially, I explain that we help people grow in their Christian lives. And through their growth, then they can better fulfill God's calling on their life. Right. So we're book study experts, and we know how to analyze, pull apart, and take that through the Christian lens, and that's kind of what we do here. And so then sometimes people are like, yeah, you're self-help books, and they might be mainstream, but we are always sure to bring it back to God and the biblical view. Right. So whether you see a secular book or something that a Christian author's written, just know that when you come here, you're going to get it through a biblical lens. And not just ours. I like that we incorporate interviews by people living out the principles. Yeah, that's for sure. So that's your little bonus if you stick around through the series, which yeah. I hope you will. Yay! Here we go! You know what I like about you, Farron? Oh, I hope it's a lot of things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially our wing it style approach to everything we do here. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my mom's style. My dad's like, let me guess, you're just going to wing it as he drops the tape measure and the blueprint. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, yeah, yeah. yep. <laughs> Man, did you know that I have an uncle? So he's got carpenter skills that are just crazy, like stupid smart. So... He can walk up and just glance at something and go back and cut the exact piece that fits in the exact right way. What? Anyway, shout out. I'm not saying Jacob can do that. I'm just following it up with affinity, right? (laughs) That we have a similar experience. Jacob is really good at that guesstimating. Mm. And I get to humor him by telling him sometimes, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Do you just say that for fun? (laughs) Well, then I guess I just forget Mm-hmm. Or he asks me, which is very funny, like, I know, he'll be, like, uh, yeah. under the sink or something and having me guess a measurement, and then... 75. It's not even close. Cubits. <laughs> and he doesn't even tell me I'm wrong, he just quietly crawls out from under the sink, looks himself, <laughs> and he's like, never mind, I got it. Yeah. Thanks, honey. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so this is episode 162 of How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. Don't let the title fool you. We're taking this whole book and spinning it on how can you point others to God by the way you act with people. Because ultimately, whether you like it or not, you're influencing others. Yep. When they see you out and about, it's either going to be a good one or a bad one. Yep. Very rarely neutral, <laughs> unless they just don't see you. <laughs> <laughs> if they didn't see you, it's neutral. <laughs> right? There you but go. But if they saw you, they had some sort of reaction to you subconsciously. That's the other thing. A lot of this happens subconsciously, because mm. turns out not a lot of people reflect and plus your brain what is it called the ras look at me pulling way back from like switch on your brain i don't know where they came from but that's (laughs) (laughs) that is where your brain takes in information that is necessary so you might not read the sign on the wall because you're not looking for signs on the wall but if you're a sign maker you're gonna see every sign and be like oh that's a cute sign because Mm -hmm. that's your forte yeah shout out reckon so (laughs) (laughs) that was just an example i was looking at leaves i'm like no leaves (laughs) Anyway, well, I had to associate that Reckon So was your mom's awesome sign business with her and her gal pal, but um, gal yeah, pal Rachel Green Reckon So yeah is so. also a saying around these parts. <laughs> around these parts. So this 
This week we are discussing two chapters in part three, so chapters five and six of part three, and this is all about how to merit and maintain trust, which means you don't know me from Adam, how am I going to build trust, or we've known each other for a while, but it's just always been surface level, so how do we get a little deeper to where we can be vulnerable and refine each other, that kind of thing. Spur each other on. That's been like my verse of late. Hebrews 10, 24. Anyway. Yeah. So we're talking about accessing affinity and surrender the credit. I just took your line. I'm sorry. No. It's good <laughs> because, see, I think that's how we planned it when we decided not to do a plan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Clean> it. <laughs> so affinity was a word that I, my brain was like, infinity? No. And beyond. Affection? No. Aff- affinity? Fluently? I don't know. So <laughs> I really had to go back to that word. And it's basically, according to the internet definition, it's a spontaneous or natural liking for someone or something. And mm-hmm. I think of like those charismatic people. Do you remember that picture that uh, like went viral? Not That's uh, probably a long time ago. <laughs> I think everything happened a few years ago. And but it's, it's like, really like 20 years ago? Like 2002 was yeah, a few years, years ago. ago. <laughs> no, it was only a few years ago. But there was that uh, guy at a race, and he had, like, this charismatic smile. And so yes. someone had taken pictures just uh-huh. blogging about the race day. Well, that photo went viral because yeah. he just had that charismatic smile. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, how can you replicate that in social situations or business situations or the interactions with the lady at the Starbucks drive through right. mm-hmm. And I think that's super important, especially in... We don't give our business world people a whole lot of shout-outs, but I currently have a job where I'm a national trainer, and I get, you know, maybe a couple hours or a a day, quote-unquote, to build relationships with people, but if I can build that trust factor from the get-go, they're going to be more receptive to what it is that I'm teaching. Right. Same thing if you're a pastor and you got to preach a tough message, you want to build that trust um, right away, and I like that our pastors are really good about uh, sharing vulnerability in the right way mm-hmm. um, and being relatable and not, you know, perfect specimens of the Christian faith. Um, they're learning and growing just like we are, and so this chapter is going to touch on ways to build that trust, right? That's the overarching theme, mm-hmm. um, and one way you can do that is by building a relationship, and when you think about your best friend, hey Shout out. Chances me. are you guys have a lot in common. Yeah. Not everything. Brooks, the night owl, and I, my brain works better in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) 7 a.m. night. (laughs) Yes. um, I like how you said you have to, if you're in a position where you need to immediately make a connection like a preacher or a trainer for one session or whatever it is, especially with staff development coming up, or you're probably, if you're in the summertime right now, which we are, you're trying to find the PD or the training or whatever, that person speaking needs to find affinity quickly so if I'm talking to a bunch of teachers I'm going to talk about the copy machine or toner and there's only one person on campus who knows how to change the toner and guess what they're not there so that's going to immediately all the teachers are going to be like oh my gosh so relatable so if you're doing that that's going to help with the affinity when I heard the word affinity I thought of elf and he's like we share the same affinity for elf culture (laughs) and she's like "Uh," because she's just dressing up for her job and he thinks like oh my gosh so, it's one of those things where, <laughs> did we just become best friends? Yup. I think so. Immediately, yes. There's one person in our CG who is new to our group, but she also likes Harry Potter a whole lot. So, I know I can allude to it, and she'll get it. Like, 
you, her, and Morgan mm-hmm. will get it, and someone else will be like, oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so it's just that connection for, you see it in the CrossFit community all the time. Oh, you CrossFit? Okay, now we have a whole set of vocab we can talk about, and or we just have that connection, we don't even have to talk about workouts. Yeah. Along those lines, I think some people, you might have this mindset, and this really resonated with me. It said, believe it or not, who you get is not determined by what you want. It's determined by who you are. So to the CrossFit example, mm-hmm. if I want to get in shape, I might not jive with a CrossFitter back in my prime. Now my back hurts all the time. Okay? You so need now, yoga and Zumba. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm vibing with my yoga pals and the people that like to like walk. <laughs> Forget mm-hmm. running and the HIIT workouts and all the things. <laughs> so similar goal, right? Yeah. People want to get in shape and work out. Well, I might not have an affinity for the bodybuilder or the crossfitter mm-hmm. or the triathlete. Yeah. I, you amaze me. You go, girl. But I don't have an affinity for you. I'm going to go like and follow the yogis with the yeah. super cute legs. And that doesn't mean don't stop doing what you're doing. Of course that just not. means the whole tide rises because guess what? More people are getting in shape and they're finding what's working for them. Same thing with Jesus. I have one approach, a Baptist church has one approach, a Methodist church has one approach, but if we all have the foundational core of God sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins and rose three days later, okay. Yeah. And you tell me this a lot, it's a good reminder, is that you want to get the right people on the bus, which is that from... Energy bus? Shout out John Gordon. Maybe. But, or that's also teach like a pirate, or lead like a pirate, get the right people on the ship. Mm. Essentially... So, Farron, you do early literacy stuff. Yeah. To put it in yep. in Brooke terms, because I don't know no, the pretty accurate. like you do. No, nope, that's pretty <laughs> accurate. Young readers, you're not gonna you're not going to attract the college level professors because that's not what you're doing. Yeah. So does it offend you that our professors from Austin College aren't following you? No, because that's not that's not gonna help them. No. Well they might follow it because they have affinity for Farron Duris. <laughs> <laughs> but who doesn't it's not you're trying to get the right people on the ship so same thing with your business or your team if you're coaching and you got to make cuts um, that that's a hard process but at the same time you're trying to get the right people on the ship who have the common affinity and goal of here here we are here's what we're going to try to do yeah a lot of businesses have their core beliefs and core values and they present those up front not yes. only to customers but to employees mm-hmm. even in the interview process because they want to be sure that they're bringing the right people along if you don't have that established clearly where you can say it you need to go look up Michael Hyatt he has a bunch of information on how to find your business core goals and motto and what he does and everyone in his company you can say what are y'all what do y'all do and they will all say the exact same thing and tell you how they're going to do it. So yeah. get all the right people on the right ship knowing what to say. <laughs> I should emphasize ship. I think I almost, oh, no. I almost didn't. <laughs> no. I, I have an after hour story for you later. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> I almost forgot we were recording. Sometimes, again, me and Brooke have these conversations off the air. Off I'm air. just so fortunate to be friends with her in the real life. Oh. No, but I think some people, if you are trying to build a circle of influence, um, you want to cast like a wide net and get as the number of people up Mm -hmm. but how many times do you hear about having to niche down yep and get to one like you said identifying those values what is it that you want to do because it's not determined by what you want to go back to Mm -hmm. the quote it's determined by who you are so start with what you want to do i'm afraid that some people in the pursuit of getting lots of followers end up 
in a channel that they don't really even enjoy want to be in and then mm-hmm. they hate what they do right instead of staying true to what they're doing and go about it all the avenues to find like-minded people and grow their audience that way and then once they do have a big following they're still in a position mm-hmm. doing something that they set out because they love it well and here's a good interview question slash this is how i have coached people in the past would you rather have four quarters or 100 pennies So, obviously, four quarters, yeah, because (laughs) those four people can probably leverage a whole lot more than the 100 pennies who are just mindlessly doing their their little job. Yeah. uh, Or that they don't really care about. Quality over quantity. For sure. So, if you need an interview question, ask that, and also, you see a grocery cart in the parking lot, what do you do? Yeah. Dodge it. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) How far away is it from the return? (laughs) Where am I in relation to the cart? Is it raining? Are my kids in the car? (laughs) Yeah, safety first, obviously. Okay, so along the same lines, but to take us a bit of a different direction, here's a quote from the book. It says, But to turn affinity into influence, there must remain a foundation of empathy. We must be able to constantly see the interaction from another's point of view so that we have so that we know the ultimate value of our points of affinity. I really like this. Uh, and later on, he gives an example about something goes awry at a newspaper company, and they can't send out new copies because gas costs, print costs. And so there are two letters constructed, and one of them is leading with the problem of, we can't refund your newspaper, sorry, or like, we can't get you a new copy, sorry, but we can do this, 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 this. As opposed to the reverse, and he does the same. It says the same information, just in a slightly different order. It talks about, we love that you love our paper. We are so sorry that this has happened. We want to refund your money, but due to the cost of this, uh, we we can't get you a new paper. But remember, like we said before, this, 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 this. And it went off so much better that way. So again, if you connect still with that affinity of we like the same thing, we have the same goal, we have the same purpose here, but here's a little hiccup. Here's how we're fixing it. Again, we appreciate you. Back to that compliment sandwich we kind of talked about, but with just a little bit of a tweak when there's an issue. Yeah, and I think I use empathy a lot when it comes to uh, coaching. Uh, it's rec, but it feels like the pros. <laughs> <laughs> well, highly competitive in nature. <laughs> so there are some girls that I know that are on the team because they love the team environment. Mm-hmm. They have fun they don't. They might not even really like soccer. Dun dun dun. Okay, but I have to walk this line between my uber competitive players that, while they're still playing rec, nothing wrong with that, have aspirations to play on the high school varsity team and maybe go club later in their careers. <laughs> right. Um, and so I'm constantly having to be empathetic to the common likeness they're on the team for different reasons but Mm -hmm. it's ultimately soccer bringing them together how can we develop players teach them life lessons but also keep it fun so that way we're growing as a team and that is not easy to do it's not coaching isn't easy it's not for the faint of heart for sure but we got to do that with our kids right um i want to have a good relationship with my kids but they're also going to require some discipline Yep. And the empathy there is being in similar situations, but knowing where discipline's going to come and help 
them in the long run make good choices when we're not around or even just being self-disciplined as an adult and that all those are all fruits of the spirit you just said self-control is self-discipline you can stick to what you're doing you want you have the common goal of loving one another all that can circle back to the bigger picture of hey this is what god wants us to do while we're on this side of heaven and in my current goal that i'm pursuing the common affinity is that we want kids to be successful. We want kids to read. Yep. Now, the way they're doing it and the way research, and I say this kindly, uh, says to do it might be on two different ends of the spectrum. But if I beat them over the head with you're wrong, instead of focusing on how can we help kids and serve kids better, then that's going to have different influence. Yeah. No one's going to show up to get blasted and told how wrong they are. Right. But if the focus is on the affinity. We want kids to be successful. My empathy comes from, I used to teach the same way you're doing. I have now tried it this other way, and the results are astronomically better. You're not saying the other person's wrong, because that clearly is getting results. But this way, I mean, science, yay, cool, great. And again, not saying you're wrong. Keep doing what you want to do if you want to do that, but here's this other option if you would like to have that. Yeah. A lot of empathy from having been there. Cool. You ready to go to the next one? Yep. Okay. Chapter six, surrender the credit. And underneath this, I just wrote humility because that can be so freaking hard to do sometimes, especially if you're in the group project and uh, you did a lot of it and (laughs) someone else is getting the credit for it. That's really hard. And that's, it can be extremely frustrating, especially if they go on to get the promotion and you didn't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, This isn't very humility of me, but I feel like I'm pretty good at being humble. (laughs) I'm the most humble person I know. No, no. I think the other extreme then is not having any self-confidence. Yeah. And so there's got to be an in-between. I'm not going to use that B word, right? Balance. Okay. But... Being humble, but also having self-confidence, I think, is hard to do. I think I know a lot of people that gravitate towards one or the other. They're very confident, would hate to, you know, do anything that presents themselves as less than. And then there's some people that, you know, beat themselves down, continue to throw themselves under the bus, even when it's not necessary. We talked about apologizing earlier. But, uh... There's got to be some internal self-confidence while not coming across as arrogant and cocky. Yeah. There's a tactic in here. There's uh, the boss or the leader, whatever title you are. It says, now I always ask my partners to go about their goals before I even set my own. And then I ask myself, what can I do in this partnership to help them reach their goals? That's kind of like what we talked about in that big huffy puffy meeting a few episodes ago where she came in and was like, okay, how can your department help someone else? So there could be, Farron, I love you. I want you to reach your goals. There are, uh, how can I do that? How can I help you? Those are easy ways you can do that. Even if you have no skill set in said area, you can still cheer them on. And I think that's fine too. Or check in with them. Sometimes it just takes accountability if you don't have the necessary skill set. Mm-hmm. A few months ago, I got to talk to um, the author of a dyslexia program, and we didn't talk long. We had plans to eventually meet up, and then blah, blah, blah. Point is, I did get to, you know, she's like, I'm flattered that you want to meet with me, but, like, 
why do you want to meet with me? <laughs> You're the pioneer of this. And I was just like, uh, I just am so impressed with your program. And I would just love to hear more about how you did it. Yeah. And I didn't really emphasize the you. I'm doing that for you guys. And her immediate reaction was like laughing and said, well, you need to know it wasn't me. It was thousands of people. And I said, thousands? And she goes, it felt like it. Yeah. She said, you know, I had the idea and kind of guided the project, but I had lots of help. And just hearing that was inspiring because this is not easy. Right. (laughs) And I'm currently at the phase where I can't afford to, you know, have Uh other people. But um, trying to do it on my own, knowing that she got to that not by herself. And right now, it might look like I'm doing it alone, but I had a lot of support in past experiences, getting to work with other people's kids, and so on and so forth. Right, yeah, just because you feel like you are not qualified to help someone doesn't mean you can't help in some small way, so make sure you're reaching out to that person. Baron, tell me how I can help you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, back to the humility piece, if you are on a team, when I was coaching, we talked a lot about we culture, so you have to coach your captain's up, like, hey, you're going to be interviewed by the newspaper, and I better not hear I or me in there. I need you to say we, us, team, it's not just you. And you have to, as a young person, if you're 15, captain of a varsity team, you don't necessarily know to use those specific words, but that gives the undertone of humility because it isn't just you. The ball's got to go through 11 people before it gets in the net. So, And... I think it's teaching that awareness because the interviewer is going to pose the questions directly to the player. And so when you're asked a question, just grammar, it's natural to respond. Right, right. I and so on. So bringing that awareness is definitely key. Something that we're seeing on our younger soccer team is if I compliment one player, we have a few others that chirp up and say, well, what about me? Was I doing it? And... What it looks like on the upper, my older team, is I compliment one person, and they will verbalize and say, and I wasn't. And then Mm. I have to count to ten in my head, because I just... Shut your face. But, you know, to the younger one, I'll just say what I say to the older team, because that's what I was going to say, and I can't remember how I word it. Maybe you can spot me. But (laughs) I've had to say, just because someone else receives a compliment does not mean... You weren't doing it. You said those exact words on the younger level, too. And I think that's fine to say it like that. And I think I wish I would have had someone tell me that sooner. Yeah. Because I wouldn't have verbalized that to the coach's face. Mm -hmm. Uh, But since I didn't, I didn't get that feedback. Right. But that's how I took it. And we, a lot of us fall into that comparison trap. Yeah. And so just learning that just because someone else gets a nod or a compliment doesn't always mean you're not doing it too. And that's also your hint as the parent or coach that that's a words of affirmation kid. Mm -hmm. So they might need those words of affirmation in a different way. And if they're an Enneagram 3 words of affirmation kid, they need you to say it out loud in front of people. So that's just a thing to pick up on. Or if they're introverted, if they're an introverted 3, maybe tell them like while their parents are standing there. There's a lot of ways that can look, so... Keep that in mind. If you have a kid who's constantly, well, I didn't do that. Oh, I did that. Well, maybe maybe give them a little more words of affirmation in other pockets. even Because what if they're terrible at soccer, right? Give them affirmation in other pockets of life or find another way that they did something well. 
and go from there. And maybe they'll give enough deposits that the other they are not they're not going to freak out when someone else gets a compliment. And they don't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Helpful hint. I also like how this part starts with well, it talks about giving credit to others, and also at the same time, same breath, gratitude. So I'm just so thankful for my team. We couldn't have done this if we didn't combine our powers. So thankful for all the hard work and effort everybody's putting in instead of like blah, 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 me, myself. I got the image of a Captain Planet. He's our hero. Wind, Wind, fire, fire, heart. heart. (laughs) I feel like we missed one, but Earth, wind, water, fire, heart. There we go. We got it. The elements plus the love creates the Captain Planet. See, you can't have anything without love. Yeah, Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, yeah. Uh, Farron, you hinted at martyr syndrome earlier about, oh, what was me? It's, I'm not able to do this or whatever, or it's just, it's all me alone by myself, so I'm having a hard time getting off the ground. Nah, eh. That's not being humble. That's martyr syndrome disguised. Uh, you're trying to disguise it as humility, but it's really martyr syndrome. Motivation. Back to motivation. Yeah. Are you fishing for compliments? Oh, don't get me started. I know. It's hard. It's hard. <laughs> Especially if you're having to raise these humans that that do that. We're going to call it what it is. Here we go. Yeah, it's a lot. It's not easy. I think it also comes into play. We've talked about this a lot. Like, your win is my win. If me and my spouse get in a fight and I just want to argue to win and he loses, his loss is my loss because we're in a team together. So same thing with whoever you're working with. Their loss is your loss because you're on a team. Win as a team, lose as a team. Tried and true. Yeah, it kind of, it along those lines, it talks about how when you express gratitude, a lot of times it comes back to you. If you remember the boomerang from earlier mm-hmm. in this book, this is the positive spin on it. And so I'm picturing the inverse too. If you take credit for doing something, all of a sudden everyone else then feels the need to take credit for what they did, right? Yeah. But then if you're thanking everybody, then other people, especially with humility, are going to be quick to say, no, 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 but you did this and this and this Mm -hmm. and this as well. And uh, so if you do like words of affirmation, if you give that out a lot of times, you'll get it back. Now, not to be conceited and just say nice things because you want to hear nice things about yourself, but uh, it's kind of like the apologizing. Mm -hmm. You might have to be the first to apologize. If you feel like your work is never recognized, uh, how often are you recognizing what other people are doing? So again, not for some selfish ulterior motives, but start with yourself. And see yeah. what you could be doing better. Well, and if you're the leader, since you are the influencer over whoever you're leading, if you create that environment, you'll you'll see it flourish. Because I've seen it happen on teams before. If you just are constantly giving, we call it deposits and withdrawals, you're giving constant deposits to kids or to coworkers or whoever, you'll start seeing them do that to each other. And you have those leaders that you explicitly say, hey, Make sure you understand what deposits and withdrawals are and you are giving out compliments because when you need that withdrawal, science says six to one right now, a six to one ratio of deposits to one withdrawal. So make sure you're always in the positive. Yeah. It goes on to talk about, you know, uh, being memorable, which again, there are very good reasons that you might want to be memorable, Mm -hmm. but how do you want to be remembered? And uh, always taking credit for everything, even if, let's say, you did do the most work. Most, right? But not giving credit to anybody or anything else 
that's gonna leave maybe a different reputation than you're aspiring for. Yeah. At least thank God, even the for celebrities real. do that right. <laughs> at the Oscars. Yes, because what is that gonna ultimately say you're you value the most itself. You value yourself the most if you're not gonna point it to others or point it back to God and not like thank God and move on to me, me, me. But with genuinely thanking other people and being grateful there, that is gonna point other people to God. Um, I am not up to date on my uh, president knowledge. Not a historian over here, but I liked in the book it talked about how President Ronald Reagan uh, made Americans believe in themselves again. And there was this quote that he had in his Oval Office, and it said, There is no limit to what a man can do or where he can go if he doesn't mind who gets the credit. That's good. And I think it's all about focusing your energy you're doing this for um again yourself and to make much your of name. self mm-hmm. yeah if that's your goal then you're probably not going to get very far because foundation of sand yeah you need a community of people to get you there and people aren't going to want to follow that yeah back to the motivations and what's your why your why should ultimately be to point others to christ but obviously there's other things after that everything points back to him but if it's to help kids learn how to read so they can be more successful in life readers are leaders we know this if if you want to learn something if you can read you can probably learn it so those are the secondary goals i guess first goal would be point others to god how by this through these means well, that wraps up. I almost said chapter 162. That's a whole lot of chapters. It's a really big book. There are lots of chapters in this book. Yes, this is episode 162 of How to Win Friends and Influence People in the Digital Age. Thank you for signing for me. <laughs> Tune in next week for more of part three. And then someday we'll get to part four. Eventually. Bye. We're really good at segues. <laughs> and sound effects, right. Yes, so that's the end of our episode. But if you find yourself wanting more, and who could blame you? Brooke, <laughs> tell them where they can find us we, Monday through Friday. We have a lovely website. It's wittyandgritty.blog. You can go there. It has every mini series ever we've done. What about the socials, Baron? Yes, we are on Instagram and Facebook primarily. But we yeah. do also have um, a Pinterest account. So be sure to follow us on your favorite social platform. Yeah. Oh, also fun fact. We release episodes every Wednesday, so you can count on us. Be sure to subscribe. That way you don't have to go and find it every week. Yeah, it'll just automatically do the magic computery thingy. Thank you, technology. Go technologies and Uh, Instagrams. Yes. All right, we'll catch you next week, guys. Bye. This episode is brought to you by 21 Kicks Journals, the journals you'll actually finish. Research shows that actively doing something for 21 days in a row will change your brain. Our uniquely designed 21-day journals will grow you on a deeper level, help you increase your odds of achieving your goals, and, not to mention, they're fun and beautifully designed. Head to the 21 Kicks Etsy shop today to explore your journaling options. We'll link it in the show notes.